Welcome to the Power Mom Minute. I'm your host, Stephanie Uchima Carney, and I'm a modern day business mama who believes you can have it all. This podcast is all about going behind the scenes of the lives and businesses of successful moms in business in order to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real life tactics, and favorite tools that you as a mom can use to apply to your daily life and business. It is my mission to educate, empower, and inspire moms like yourself to build your dream business while having the freedom and flexibility to enjoy life to the fullest. Power Moms, it's time to rule the world. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Power Mom Minute. On today's episode, I'm bringing you another Power Mama and friend, Beth Griffith. Beth is a mom of two and a business owner in the online and offline spaces. She's a success coach specializing in helping business owners to have fun while achieving more and the owner of a brick and mortar co-working office in Mesa, Arizona called She Works Here. I met Beth over a year and a half ago at a mom's lunch during a live event. And from that point onward, I was intrigued by everything she was doing and accomplishing from launching her own live event, The Business Revolution, to creating and growing the She Works Here co-working space to exploding her online business and fully embracing her ENTJ self, Beth did this all while faced with some challenging personal issues. I've seen her evolve over the last year, so I cannot wait for her to share her story with you all. Without further ado, I welcome Beth. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That was the sweetest intro. Um, I am so excited to have you here because I feel like you're the person I Facebook message a lot and ask questions to and you're such a insightful, full of energy person. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And like, it's, it's been so amazing watching you step into this power mom minute and, you know, so many things that I personally had been like, no, don't, don't target moms. Don't talk to moms. And you did it anyway. And I, oh my gosh, I am loving seeing what you're doing. Thank you. So I wanted to get started by just asking you a little bit about you. So your business, but also your personal life, your family, what is your, you know, family dynamic look like? Um, How many kids, I know you have two kids ages and sort of what's your mom kid balance here? (laughs) Yeah. I live in Arizona with my husband and we've been married for nine years and we have two kids. Uh, We have my daughter, Autumn, And so we had to go through some fertility stuff to get pregnant with her. But with both of my kids, I had hyperemesis gravidarum throughout my pregnancies. And so those were really, really rough, but it it made it so that I have kids that I feel extra grateful to have uh, in my life. And so my daughter, Autumn is six and she's in first grade. And then I have a son, Jack, who is four and they're both pretty awesome kids. We we do lots lots of play, lots of activities. Yeah. Do you get a lot of time to spend with them during the week? What does kind of your work schedule look like? So what I do, uh, what I aim to do rather is I, I aim to work while my kids are at school. My son, he goes to a daycare while my daughter's at school. And so I, I aim to do the bulk of my work uh, and all of my client calls and anything like that uh, between 10 and two every day uh, so that I am able to focus on those things fully. Uh, And then I can do something more passive, like, you know, downloading memes to be able to share in a group or whatever, uh, when my kids are around, if that's the kind of thing that I'm doing. But yeah, so I work to, to do my heavy work while they're at school and daycare. 
I know you've transitioned kind of your business over the last year and a half or so, but bring me back maybe even five years ago or before your daughter was born. What were you doing then? And how has your life changed since you've had kids and your business? Because even when I met you, you were doing branding and I don't know, you were doing so many different things. Um, And like now you're running this entrepreneurial Olympics and gamifying things and it's so much fun. And so kind of walk me through your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So I come from a long, long line of entrepreneurs. My grandparents owned many, many businesses and every single one of them was very profitable, just very smart people when it comes to business. And, uh, and so that's, that's always been a bug with me. You know, I've always had that bug. It's in my blood. But when I first got married to my husband, I wanted to start a business right away. And so I, I started a staffing agency for nurses and I had no business doing that because I knew nothing about like, you know, I, I had worked in staffing before and even worked at a nursing staffing agency and done a lot there, but it wasn't, it wasn't the right business for me. I didn't, <laughs> I have no medical background. I was like, oh, I'll just staff people. Right. And so that was my first, like, oh, business is a little different than I thought moment. So that was, a you know, nine years ago. Uh, and then who I was personally before I, I had my daughter, I was literally the person I would go to work and then I'd come home and every single day I would watch Ellen and I would watch Oprah and I'd watch the millionaire matchmaker and I did nothing useful with my time in my life. <laughs> and I don't know. That could be useful. <laughs> right. Well, Hey, I, I know some like branding concepts from, you know, watching so much TV, but I wasn't particularly an incredibly motivated person. And so I think that's important for people to realize when they hear my story is that I wasn't always this way. And so when I was pregnant with my daughter, like I mentioned earlier, I had hyperemesis gravidarum and I was so, so incredibly sick that the midwives, they didn't really believe that I was as sick as I was. And wow. yeah, it was really, really rough. And they actually recommended that I go to therapy to deal, to figure out why I couldn't stop throwing up. And yeah. So for anybody who's not familiar, hyperemesis gravidarum, it is a uh, Latin for excessive vomiting during pregnancy. It's a very romantic sounding, right? But, uh, so this I, was all three trimesters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. my goodness. And so I was, um, I was so sick with her that, uh, my muscles started to deteriorate because they were being eaten away. Uh, I couldn't lift a glass of water. It was more than a year after I had her before I could walk up and down a flight of stairs without stopping to rest. So, oh my goodness. Did you even work or do anything during that time? I lost my job during it because I couldn't stop throwing up at work. And so it was, it was just, you know, that very, very difficult shake. I call it a shake up, uh, a moment where your whole life, your whole world is shaken up and, and things are never going to be the same again. And so during that, I went to a childbirth education class that was extremely rooted in hypnosis and mindfulness and conscious living, that sort of thing. And that, that was the turning point for me. It's when I started to learn about NLP. It's when I started to learn about personal mindset and, and work and what's possible when you use affirmations and mantras and all, all of those things. And so after my daughter was born, I started to teach childbirth education classes because that changed my life. 
And so I started with teaching family um, and friends, and then I got certified in it and and started to teach uh, and do doula work. And I did all of that, but I couldn't understand why, and we'll get into this, uh, but I couldn't understand why I couldn't remember appointments. I couldn't remember the things that I needed to do to make that business successful. And so ultimately I ended up, uh, people had taken to me very, very quickly in that industry and people would meet me and they would be in absolute shock that I was as new to the industry as I was because of the way that I showed up online. And so I realized that that was one of my superpowers is being able to show up with, as a high performer, which in my mind, you've always shown up as a high performer. And even this year, like those, you can't see her. She's in like hot pink lipstick right now, but sometimes she's in red. And when I first met her, you didn't really wear a lot of like bold things or anything, but you've always shown up as this super high performer that I had no idea you were even a doula. You said you were a doula. (laughs) Yeah. That's like, wow. I like never knew that's where you started because I saw you in this like badass branding girl. And like, you know, I got into it was all of a sudden I realized like, wait, people need to be able to show up online the way that I do to be able to make their businesses work. Yeah. And I realized like, okay, so if I can help other people show up as confidently online as I do, I can help their businesses. And uh, so then it evolved into helping people with branding and marketing. So did you have any background in that whatsoever or no? Yeah. I, okay. Ironically, uh, when I went to college, I studied marketing. Oh, okay. Communications. I was a communications major. So okay. I did not anticipate, uh, like, I, and I didn't even connect those dots until maybe a year ago. I was like, wait, I really do have a background in this. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt so organic. It just felt like it happened so naturally, but I'm sure that's just because I did have the the knowledge yeah. from were you running that business, the like child um kind of birthing that whole business when you had your second kid, or were you yes. okay? And yes. that was pretty then more flexible than say like obviously a nine to five type job. What did the beginning look like with managing two kids and starting this business and also then pivoting? How did you do it when they weren't in school? <laughs> Yeah. So uh, there's a few things to be aware of is uh, right after my son was born, I was actually diagnosed with postpartum OCD. And one of I had a couple different things that the OCD showed up as. One was cleaning, which was spectacular when that was the thing. Um, but it also showed up as, as focusing on my business. And so that actually got to the point that it was detrimental, where I was actually very disconnected from my baby. And so that was, uh, you know, it's not, not a story that I get to share very often because most people don't care about the mom side of, of this. I mean, but that's story. huge. Like, I mean, I know for me, I, I thought I was only going to take a couple months maternity leave and I ended up taking more cause I, I, I wanted to bond cause I felt guilty that I didn't get to with my first kid talk. I mean, share more about what this is. I've actually never heard of postpartum OCD like yeah. before. So postpartum OCD uh, and postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, they all can overlap. But the big difference with OCD uh, is that it, it it's not that you're, it, it's a form of depression, honestly, but you are so 
hyperactively focused on uh, either compulsions or something that you're obsessed with, that the second that you're not able to be fully engrossed in that obsession or that compulsion, all of a sudden you instantly drop in a split second into the, a super deep depression. Wow. And so that's one of the the things that I wish I had known before because I realized that my depression my whole life had been OCD, not just depression. And so there was that side of it, but it showed up in so many ways as far as like when I'm driving down the road, I had to stop and check my child every few minutes because I was certain that my child was dead. Or I actually had to, with my, uh, until a couple of years ago, I had to go check my kids every three minutes. You could use me like a, a clock every three minutes. I had to go check my kids to make sure they were okay. Um, wow. Just extreme. Extreme. So I guess, how did you recognize this and how did you overcome it? Cause I see none of this. This is like, I, I, I didn't know any of this. And like, if anyone knows you and they see you and how you show up, like you would not be able to tell at all. Right. Yeah. So I just could tell that I wasn't connected to my baby. And I knew that that was one of the signs of postpartum depression. And so I went to see my OB to talk to him about postpartum depression. And he ended up telling me about postpartum OCD. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, my whole life makes sense now. And so I went on medication for a few months at that point and, and it helped me to get out of that, that funk. But one of the important things that I think that most moms need to know about postpartum mood disorders that they don't know is that it's like three years. It's not in the first year. You know, everybody says, oh, it's when you have depression in the first year. It's like three years actually. And so I had additional trauma happen when my son was one and two and, uh, and I ended up going really, really deep into my OCD. And so, uh, for the last couple of years I've been, or the last year and a half, I've been on antidepressants. Uh, and the, and I actually ended up developing a seizure disorder from, from the antidepressants, which was very unfortunate. Um, but all of that, all of that comes together to, I, I, I started to have those seizures. Sorry, I'm stammering a little bit, but I (laughs) I was suffering from seizures. And so I went to go get an MRI to see why we didn't know at that point that it was from the antidepressants themselves, but I went to go get the MRI and we found out, uh, that I have an ace, uh, asymmetrical hippocampus. And so that's the hippocampus is the part of your brain that's responsible for language processing. It's the part of your brain that's responsible for memory, memory. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the part of your brain that's responsible for mood. And so all of my depression and OCD and memory problems that I've struggled with in my business, uh, so many times over, all of a sudden made sense. And there's been two groups of people that this particular brain condition has been studied in. One is the elderly that are experiencing dementia. And then the second group is, uh, veterans that have PTSD. And so these two groups have been, it's been seen that the trauma damages that side of the brain 
uh, or damages one side of the brain in the hippocampus to the point that it eventually deteriorate, deteriorate to the point that you have dementia. And so I had wow. this horrible moment <laughs> in my life of what am I going to do about the fact that I'm on a fast track? I am 30, you know, I was 31. I'm, uh, I was 31 and like all of a sudden I, I was on a fast track to dementia. And so what am I going to do about that? And so I started to read and study tons of different books uh, about Alzheimer's prevention. And in every single book, they talked about games ah. and, and how games can heal your brain. And so, and that so that's how your gamification how, of your business that is how we about. got here. So tell us more about it. So Beth has this awesome, she started off with like bingo games for your business, but explain a little bit more about how you help entrepreneurs, what you do in that, because I'm like fascinated and it's the most simple, but fun way to run your business. So tell me more or tell us more. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that's really important to me in my business is that it's always in integrity with the knowledge that I have at the moment. And with the knowledge that I that I currently have, I believe that it's so, so important for us to use games and play in our businesses. There are actually uh, major companies where they make their exec- executives go and play in a playroom for a period of time before they go work because it, it gets you into the creative side of your mind. It gets you thinking outside of the box and it creates healthier attitudes in the workplace and it creates better results. And so I learned about that a few years ago. And so things, you know, have compiled and built up to the point that that we're at where we're at. But like you said, I started with just putting out some bingo cards. There was audience growth. Um, activities, audience nurturing activities, and income producing activities. So people could just take these bingo cards and they could just go play bingo and get the things done in their business. But one of the important things as far as why bingo cards or games work is that most of us, we just don't know at any given moment, like what what should I do? We know that we have a to-do list a million miles long but we don't know what's one specific thing that I could do right here in this moment. And so this gives you a very clear task of these are the things I need to do to reach my goals. And the game keeps you accountable. You don't need a person sitting there holding your hand to keep you accountable because the game's not finished yet and you can't quit until the game's done. Right. And so, yeah. So how do you pick, I guess, the action? So my whole thing is I always love helping people focus on that one action to move their business forward. Yes. And I know there's a ton of different action items on these cards. So how do you pick which ones to do or like, how does that? So with the cards, uh, with the bingo cards themselves, you literally can just like look at, you know, look at it and be like, oh, this works for what I'm doing in my business. Or you can just, you know, look to go in a line. But when it comes to, to figuring out what tasks to do uh, in your business, there's, uh, when it comes to the gamification, how, what I do is I'll put out a game that's inspired by another popular game. So we do consistency land instead of candy land. Um, and we do, instead of shoots and ladders, we do laser beams and shiny ob- objects, you know, very similar yeah. games. 
but they have an entrepreneurial twist. And one of the things that uh, the people have to do is you have to come up with your own tasks because I can't keep up with what everybody needs to be doing in their businesses. And so I teach people uh, from this framework that I created uh, actually taught Herman helps me create it. And it's, it's, I call it the simple success cycle. And there are six different categories when it comes to reaching and achieving your goals. The, the uh, first one is the structure that's going to get you there. Second is the interactions um, that you have to have, the conversations, the boundaries that need to, to be placed in order for you to be successful at achieving you know, that structure. Uh, your mindset, because a lot of times it's not even the other people around us, it's ourselves that stop us from reaching our goals production, what, what results are you producing and are you tracking them? If you aren't tracking them, you're not going to know uh, whether what you're doing is working and you're going to lose, you're going to lose traction immediately. So true. It's all about data, right? getting those data points. Well, and and of, of all of these six different steps that, that I teach people about, that one is the number one most important one. If you track your data, everything else will fall in line for sure. So, um, and then L is leverage. So what resources and relationships and time and money and et cetera, do you have to leverage to get to that goal? And then E is the experience. So I have people start thinking about what are they experiencing right now that they're not satisfied with and what is it that they'd like to experience instead? And then we go through this whole system to figure out their structure, their interactions, mindset, production, leverage, and that, that all in itself gives us the exact tasks that somebody needs to do. I need to have this conversation. Great. Now go put a time on it. I need to believe this concept. Okay, great. Go make, make a visual of that affirmation or choose when you're going to, to meditate on that or whatever. I need to track this data, go make your Google form and then put it on your desktop so you can just click through and, and take care of that data. Yeah. Right. There's so much that we need to do to get to the things that we want to experience. And it comes down to making it literally simple, literally simple for you to just plug out. These are the tasks I need to do. And then the games come in to keep you accountable to that list. Now, the question is, do you ever apply this to your real life, to your say family life, to outside of the entrepreneurial world? Because I feel like in general, so, and when you were talking about the whole like gamification and it really reminds me of how adults are actually children, and a lot of the principles that I learn about parenting can also be applied to adults. So do you take this? Because I feel like adults complicate things all the time, and especially in their lives. But the simple cycle seems to kind of work all or su- simple success cycle. It, whether you in want your life. to go to the moon or whether you want to, to get a smaller size of pants, it doesn't <laughs> matter. This simple cycle, it, it helps you get there. For so sure. what are kind of... I guess, simplified things you do in your own personal life to help you be able to manage building this business. And also you run a co-working space, like a brick and mortar. You run this online business. You had your branding company. I'm not sure what you're still doing with that. And a family and dealing with memory loss and my goodness, everything else. So how do you personally simplify things? What do you do or any hacks that you can share? Well, one of my favorite books, and I will censor the title because this is a mom podcast, uh, but The Subtle Art of Not Giving Enough. Oh, yes. Right. Okay. So that book was really, really powerful for me in understanding that there are things that I need to, to just let go of. 
So, you know, if the day comes that I decide to let go of my, my co-working space, it, I have no attachment and emotional, uh, my, my personal value is not attached to it. If any piece of my business needs to go to the wayside, I don't care. It's truly fine because my, my end goal, uh, the thing that I do care about more than anything is, you know, my business's agenda and that's to save lives. And so uh, I believe that selling saves lives. I believe that whether in somebody's darkest moment, whether it's a bar of soap or whether it's some piece of information that they learned in a high ticket coaching program, that a product or a service that they've received can save their life. And so I, suicide prevention is extremely near and dear to me. And so to me, it, it comes down to, do I care? Uh, does this thing matter to me more than keeping on that path towards suicide prevention? And that's what my business is all about. So, And how, um, I was going to say with all this, I guess, how are your children doing? Like, how is your relationship now with your children? And um, once you kind of had this realization that you were pouring so much into your business and how did you grow that, regrow that relationship um, as a parent? So honestly, I have a lot of very frank conversations with my kids. I'll literally say to them, I've been playing on my phone a lot and I know I, I need to be paying more attention to you. And it's not okay that I've been doing that. It's not okay that I've been ignoring you. And, you know, my, my uh, six-year-old daughter, we developed a relationship very early on where I told her, like, if I am not treating you right, you are allowed to tell me that I'm not treating you right. And I love that. She does. She does. You know, she'll, she'll tell me, mom, you're ignoring me, mom. Like, you know, I struggled in those earlier stages, um, when I was not having proper boundaries between, um, you know, the light work-life balance, which I still have room for improvement. Let me just start there. But I yelled at my kids a lot. I yelled at them and I looked at my daughter one day and I said to her, I don't want to yell at you anymore. And I want you to tell me to stop yelling at you when I'm not, when I am because it's not okay. And you don't deserve to be treated this way. And she doesn't anymore because I don't yell at her anymore, but, (laughs) but yeah, she, she literally would say, she would literally like, just look at me and say, mom, stop. (laughs) And it was just that moment of like, you know, am I, am I proud that I needed to ask my child for help? No. And I'm sure there's that I'm going to, she's going to have lots and lots of uh, hours to clock with a therapist over things I've done, but I'm so proud of her for having the knowledge that she can tell people that it's not okay to treat me this way. That's wow. That's, that's very powerful. And to give the child that sort of power and ability to speak up for themselves is something that will help her be really successful in the future too. Yes. I know your background, you were saying a lot in like also wellness and you were doing all of, um, kind of meditation and things back early before it became super popular. I'm curious, what does the first 20 minutes of your day look like? Ooh, depends on whether I'm in a very successful period of my life or not. And that should tell you everything, right? <laughs> Say the past week. What is the past week? Yeah. Let's, let's do well, simple baby steps. <laughs> the past week, my kids have actually been on spring break. And so I've been much more focused on 
them last week. But but typically speaking, I just want to kind of outline the difference between when I'm in a really good place in business okay. and not in a good place in business. When I'm not in a good place in business, I wake up and I I start scrolling on my phone. When I am in a good place in my business, and like honestly, that's that's more than the first 20 minutes of my day is scrolling on my phone. And is it on social media? Is it emails? What do you, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Social media, just anything, honestly, checking WhatsApp, checking text, checking, you know, all of these different things. It ruins my day hundred percent of the time. But on the days that I start it properly, uh, what I like to do is I wake up and I spend a minute thinking about, okay, what do I want to accomplish today? How do I want to feel today? And I take a moment to really ground myself into that feeling and into that emotion. And then what I do next is I, I journal. I journal about, uh, I'm a big fan of journaling about what you are creating, what you want to create. And so for me, that looks like journaling about uh, you know, helping to save thousands of lives of people and, and creating the ripple effect that I'm going to be able to continue. I mean, I have created a ripple effect already. Yeah. It's been amazing to see the the tens of thousands of people who are, who are being helped because of the things that I've done so far, but I want to make that go so much further. And so writing about that is one of the most important things that I do drinking water, because one of the things uh, learned that one from Tim, is it Tim quick? Jim quick, Jim quick, Jim quick, Jim quick. And so he, um, talks about how your brain needs hydrated first thing in the morning. And so drinking water is, is a part of that ritual, but honestly, I'm a huge fan of the, don't look at your phone for the first hour of the day. Mm -hmm. If you want to have control over your day, it has to start the second your eyes open. Yeah. Oh, so true. So what is then one thing that you personally do for yourself daily? Mm, that's a great question. This might sound dumb, but lipstick. Ah. Lipstick is, is the thing where, you know, it's that moment where I'm like, okay, I'm putting this lipstick on and I'm taking myself seriously as of now. And again, on the days I don't wear it, on the days I don't do it, it's a black and white difference. Absolutely completely different uh, way of living when, when I don't do that. I mean, it's not dumb at all. It's almost like having your token, like with the okay. whole alter ego effect, right? Yes. It's like you put on Beth puts on her red lipstick or her pink or whatever that is. And you become this like, and that's, yeah, that's one of the things that I do love about, you know, Todd Herman's, uh, alter ego is I had started to notice this, this concept before I even heard it from him. It's like, okay. And I, I called it the character before you know, I saw how in depth he got with his and I'm like, I'm not going to bother developing this. I've <laughs> got this covered, but I had noticed like, if I put on my lipstick, if I do this exercise, if I, if I, you know, do these things to make myself bigger, I sell better. If I look a certain way, I perform better. And so that uh, getting into character is absolutely critical for me. Well, speaking of getting into character, I know you shared with us your business superpower, but I want to know what is your mom's superpower that makes you actually a better business person? So a superpower that you gained by becoming a mom that you might not have had before that makes you a good mom in business. Yeah. So my mom's superpower, <laughs> honestly, patience. 
I was not a patient person before, but one of the things that, you know, I've, I've dealt with my, my daughter, um, she wouldn't, she still doesn't speak very much to, to anybody outside of our family. She goes to school, uh, and she just won't, won't speak words to people very often. And so it was really difficult because I felt like I was constantly being judged and like, I should have been doing something better or like, this was somehow my fault. You know, all of these, these ways that we start to judge ourselves as moms for things that are so far out of our control. And, uh, and then, you know, with my son, he, uh, he's for it, but he has a de- developmental delay where he is like a two-year-old. And so one of my favorite things that, you know, I've, I've learned with him is, you know, he's four, he's four and a half. We haven't nursed since he, you know, just barely turned three, but he still asks to nurse to this day and no, sweetie, we're not going to do that. Just that sort of thing. Um, and just been really powerful to have kids that to other people, they might be difficult. You know, my daughter had extreme allergies. I I had to go on an extreme diet when she was born because of uh, my breast milk would pass her her allergens through that sort of thing. And just so many difficult, difficult, difficult trials that I had to learn to be patient through. And if I could give any entrepreneur one skill that would make the biggest difference in their business, that would be it. Patience. Well, you just answered my next question. I was going to ask you seriously, like, what is the one piece of advice you can give to people who have, I mean, you faced so much. It's crazy to see what you've done, but to learn that it's all about patience, patience in your business, patience in your life. Whew, that's made the difference. Oh my goodness. So Beth, where can um, everyone find you? So on YouTube, you can go find the Beth Griffith, uh, or you can uh, find me in entrepreneurial Olympics and it's high performance. It's a high performance mindset group is what we are in there. I do have to put a little plug that I helped you with the entrepreneurial Olympics name. (laughs) And she's also like, Oh my gosh. She was like, Beth, you have no client journey. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And so that's been my focus right now. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Are you doing any more live events or anything? Or I will be doing another live event. I'm planning on doing one this winter. Uh, And, um, and so it's going to be the business revolution again here in Phoenix. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then you can also find me uh, at bethgriffith.me. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you sharing your story and being so vulnerable with it all. I mean, wow, I hope the moms out there got to learn something and thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Power Mom Minute podcast. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for the episode and other goodies over at powermomminute.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I'd be so grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Each week, I will be reading some of those reviews on air. So stay tuned and you might just hear yours. Thank you so much again, beautiful mamas, and I'll see you here next time.